Father, we thank you for this wonderful service today, for your wonderful presence. We honor you today. We pray that the eyes of our heart would be flooded with light of the truth of God's word. And we praise you now for it in Jesus' name. <clears throat> Amen. Turn in your Bibles, if you would, to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew, the sixth chapter. And I want us to look at something the Master said in verse 31 and verse 32. First of all, I want to say that you and I are the apple of His eye. That He loves us and He cares about us so much that He told us not to take on the cares of this life. And in Matthew 6 and verse 31 and verse 32... It says, therefore, take no thought. Those are the bad kind of thoughts. You know, you've got a plan and you've got to uh, do your due diligence about life. But God doesn't want you worrying about where you're going to live. He doesn't want you worrying about what you're going to eat this afternoon. He wants you to enter in to rest by faith. Don't take any thought saying, what am I going to eat? What am I going to drink? What am I going to wear? For all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that you have need of all these things. I heard one preacher say that had great big huge bills say that he slept great at night. And I've adopted that principle of life. Because if you really believe, you enter into a place of rest. And he was asked the question, what do you do about all these bills that are coming in constantly? He just says, Jesus, you got mail. Now we're not proclaiming to be irresponsible, but we are proclaiming to be responsive to his provision. He is a good God. He takes care of His own. The Bible says the Lord is our shepherd. And we shall not want. Because the Lord is your shepherd, you shall not want for provision. Because the Lord is our shepherd, we shall not want for strength. Because the Lord is our shepherd, we shall not want for peace. And you can go down the list of different things that belong to you because he's your shepherd. Amen. 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 Now notice in verse 33. He said, but seek ye first. See, for all these things do the Gentiles seek. But don't live like the heathen. But rather seek ye first the kingdom of God. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. And his righteousness, or his way of being and doing right. And then he says, and as a result of you seeking me first, that all these things shall be added to you. He will not decrease you when you seek him first. He will promote you. He will see to it. That there's an addition in your life. There's nothing wrong with you having stuff. What's wrong is, is when stuff has you. 
Did you know that the Lord is not opposed to you having things? He is opposed to his children being covetous. All these things shall be added unto you. All these things. But notice he said, become focused on the kingdom. Become kingdom minded. See, Paul addressed the church at Philippi. And he said, all seek their own, not the things which are Christ Jesus. In other words, people in that day are often like people of this day. They're doing their own thing. They're going after their own way. Not the things of Jesus Christ. Now, I want you to pay particular attention to that phrase, Seek first the kingdom of God. Seek first the kingdom of God. Seeking first the kingdom of God begins in a man's heart. Seeking first the kingdom of God comes by you making a decision to do it. See, the Bible says, choose you this day whom you will serve. There is a choice that you can make and I can make to seek him first. And listen very carefully. Decisions will determine direction. And direction will determine your outcome. Or direction will determine your destiny. Where you end up. Where you wind up. Where do you want to end up in life? Do you want to end up at the end of your life hearing, well done? Or do you want to end up at the end of your life hearing, undone? Starts with the decision. See, many people know to seek first the kingdom of God, but they're not doing it. And that's not to condemn anybody. And that's not to put anybody down, because really, it's between you and the Lord. It's not between the Lord, Pastor Mark, and you. So, if it feels like getting, I'm getting into your business, it could be the Lord. Because I don't have any hidden agenda here today. I'm not again you. I'm for you. I'm on your side. I'm on your team. And I love you enough to tell you the truth. This has got to be a heart thing. You know, as a minister, you can preach until you're blue in the face about commitment. And if it doesn't fall on good soil, the saints aren't going to be any more committed than they were before the series. 
But I tell you what, the sower sows the word. And I'm going to keep sowing this word. I'm going to keep shouting from the housetops, heart of the bay, seek first. The kingdom of God. Now we look at the word king, dumb. A king is a ruler over a dumb or dominion. I want you to notice the definition that we're going to work with today about kingdom. A kingdom is the territory or people subject to the rule of a king. And the kingdom of God is the kingdom over which God rules. The kingdom of God is the realm where his will is fulfilled and prevails. His kingdom rules over all. There's no God like our God. The kingdoms of this world and the kingdoms of this earth are passing away. There are kingdoms that were in Bible days that no longer exist. And there's coming a day where the kingdoms of this earth will become the kingdoms, kingdom of our God. Oh, I'm telling you, saints, the kingdom that you and I are in is the right one. I'm in the right one. Serving the right Lord. Serving the right master. You got the right one, baby. This kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. This kingdom will know no end. And when you got born again, you are not just born again out of sin into righteousness. You were transferred. Lock, stock, and barrel. Glory to God. Getting way ahead of myself, but it's good. Kingdom is the ruler of a dominion. And when a king is over a kingdom, then the rule and the will of the king is accomplished. Yes, it is. Hallelujah. Amen. Turn me to Matthew 6, verse 9 and 10. Did I get a well from the front row? (laughs) I'm doing my best. I had three hours sleep last night, but I'm doing my best. You pull with me, you pray with me, and you believe God with me. After this manner, he said, pray ye, our Father, our King. Our king, which art in heaven. Hallowed 
sanctify, separate in holiness and honor and awe, I hallow the name of my king. And then he says, and we can pray this, O God, thy kingdom come. Thy will, in other words, the will of the king, be done. Where? In earth, just as it is. Where? Your kingdom come, your will be done. Oh, man. A kingdom is where the will of the king is fulfilled. Amen. So pray that his kingdom come. And that his will will be done in your life. Thy kingdom come. Now let me ask you this. Is the perfect will of God being done in the whole earth? No, with a capital N. The perfect will of God is not being done in the whole earth because the whole earth has not made him their king. Now watch this kind of language that I'm about to share with you because you'll hear it in good people and in well-meaning people's lives. They'll say things like, well, pastor or well, Bob, he's in control. God's in control. Got to qualify that. Is he? Is he really? Is he in control of that crack house? Is he in control of the man that committed suicide at a concert? Is he in control of people who don't live for him? Yes, brother. But you know, God. You got to watch out for that perpendicular Elizabethan language. And here's another one. Well, Brother Jimmy, you just never know. You never know. You, you, you just never know what the Lord might do. Okay, since how you're so bold to say that and to share that publicly, give me three scriptures. You and I need to become scriptorians. If we're going to hear slogans like that straight from traditions of men and not after the wisdom of God, 
we got to back it up with the Bible. I don't care who it is that you hear preach behind this pulpit, whether it's me or Mr. Green Jeans. Or Casey Jones. He or she better be able to back it up with the B-I-B-L-E. But there's people that say, well, now, brother, I'm way, way out beyond the Bible now. Well, you're too far out for me. Because the word says in the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. Now, if you are saying from the point of view of being kingdom minded and he's your king and you're under his lordship and you're applying his word regularly you could say he's in control of my life Amen. and you could say I'm not sure how he's going to do it but that's different than saying you never know See, I don't know how God is going to meet the financial needs of our church. But I know that He is. And I know that He has. And I know that He will. I don't know how God is going to do a lot of things. It's like Mary said, how shall these things be? The angel answered said, the Holy Ghost. He's going to come upon you. He's going to overshadow you. You might be asking today, oh, it's been difficult. How could this ever be? How could my dream ever be fulfilled? The same spirit that came upon Mary will come upon you. Say it with me real strong. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. In my marriage. In my children, in my my church, in my my body, in my my mind, in my my finances, in in the Bay Area, Area. let your will will be done. done. Your will. It is His will. That must prevail in my life. It is His will that must be fulfilled in your life. So it would behoove us to find out what His will is. And His will is revealed for the most part right in His Word. And what is not revealed in His Word, guess what? He gave you the Holy Spirit. Who is your guide. Who will lead you. And reveal to you. And unveil to you. And disclose to you. And show you the path that you must go in. Your will be done. The will of the King be done. Now... Let's track this along. There are two kingdoms. There's the kingdom of God. 
And there's the kingdom of the evil one. Is that right? The kingdom of God, we've been saying, is where the will of God is done. But the kingdom of the evil one is where his will is being done. Am I right about this? I think it would pay us rich dividends to have the theology of a three-year-old. And what is that theology? God's a good God. The devil's a bad devil. And I'm on God's side. And he's on my side. And if God be for me, who can be against me? Oh, thank you, Lord. Now look it over to Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1. I'm part of the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is among us. And the kingdom of God literally is within us. Because that's where the king lives by his spirit. Now Colossians 1 verse 12. Look at this now. He said, giving thanks unto the king. Giving thanks unto the Father. Now notice this. Which has made us meet or able to partake of the inheritance of the saints in light. So we are to be thankful that we can participate in this inheritance now. He's not talking about a future day. He's talking about in the nasty now and now. That you have been given an inheritance. How many of you know that when certain people die, they leave an inheritance? Now, not everybody leaves an inheritance. Oftentimes, many people leave bills. And I'll just put a plug in for that right now. Take care of your business. Take care of your business. Don't wait for someone else to have to sort through your business after you're gone. It is the love of God to leave an inheritance to your children's children. And you may not have much to leave, but what you have, you should leave for the glory of God. Well, I'm just going to go through life, Pastor Mark, and I'm not going to worry about it. You know, once I'm gone, I'm gone. True, you're gone. We rejoice that you're in heaven, but we're not happy that you left this mess here. Can I get a little help from the Amen Alley today? Get yourself a will. The will of the head of the household is this. Amen. Amen. And if you've got the money, get yourself a living trust. And make it easier on your loved ones. Do you know what a stress it is to lose a loved one? 
I mean, people are just thrown into all of these decisions and all of these things. It's like a blur. People that battle grief get very numb. And I believe that we owe it to our loved ones to do our due diligence while we're here right now. Probably should bring in somebody to do a seminar on wills and trust down the road to help you out. My motivation isn't for you to leave a penny to the church. That's between you and God. How do we get off on all that? It's the will. It has to do with the will. So, some people leave an inheritance. And oh, thank God for those inheritances. But an inheritance usually is not good until the person that has passed away is gone. But this inheritance. I said this inheritance. This inheritance is available to you in the here and in the now. Now, I just ask you one question today. Did you wear your shouting clothes? Did you wear your shouting clothes? Turn with me to Luke 12, verse 32. And let's look at what this inheritance is. Glory to God. Becoming kingdom of God minded. Luke chapter 12, verse 32. Oh, bless the Lord. Look at this. Fear not, little flock. It is your father's good pleasure. It's your father. You see, you're to give thanks to the father. And your father says, son, daughter, it's my great pleasure to give you the kingdom. Now, we need to track this just a little bit further because that sounds good on paper. But what does that mean? All right, let's go back to Colossians chapter 1. And let's look at verse 13 in the Amplified Version. Everyone say, we're learning. We are becoming kingdom-minded. It is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Verse 12 again says, Give thanks to the Father who has made us able to be a partaker of the inheritance of the saints in light. Now notice this, in verse 13 in the Amplified, it says this, The Father, a lot of talk about the Father today. The Father. What has the Father done? Has the Father done anything for you? Has the Father left you anything? The Father. First thing He did is he delivered you. 
He set you free from what bound you and what blinded you. The Father has delivered, listen to this, and then He drew us to Himself out of the control and the dominion of darkness where the evil one's will was being done in our lives for years. And has transferred us into the kingdom of the Son of His love. Woo, glory. Think about it, saint. Once you were in the kingdom of darkness, but oh, the kingdom of God is a kingdom of light. Once you are living your life in death, in strife, and in the weight of this world. But oh, He delivered you. And now you're in the kingdom of light, of life, and love. This kingdom that you and I are in is a different kingdom than this old world has to offer us. It's a higher way. It's a higher system. Oh, man. Somebody hold my mule just a minute. Turn over to Romans chapter 14. Thank you, Lord. Look at verse 17. He has delivered you from the power of darkness and has translated you into the kingdom of the Son of His love. Romans 14, verse 17. We're talking about what today? Let me ask that once again. What are we talking about today? What are we talking about today? The kingdom of God. And the kingdom of God. It's not about in and out burgers and drink. But the kingdom of God is righteousness. It's peace and it's joy in the Holy Ghost. So when his kingdom is ruling in your life, there's going to be some righteousness. There's going to be some joy. And there's going to be some peace. Now look at 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 4. Second Corinthians chapter 4 verse 4. See, don't lump this all together. Don't lump darkness and light together. Don't darkness, you know, don't, don't, you know, lump life and death together. It's very clear in the Bible. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4, it says, To whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of of God should do what? Shine. Should shine unto them. Now go back to Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1, verse 30 and verse 33. 
We are going to rule and reign with Him forever. In Luke chapter 1, verse 30 through verse 33. And the angel said unto her, Mary, fear not, for you have found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb... And you will bring forth a son, and shall call his name. Everyone say that name. Jesus. Verse 32. He shall be great. He shall be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. Glory to God. Verse 33. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom There shall be no end. Of his kingdom, there shall be no end. So, when does our ruling and reigning start in him? It starts right now. How long does it last? All right. Romans 5, verse 17. See, kingdom people, kingdom-minded people are overcomers. Brenda quoted 2 Corinthians 2.14 where it says, Thanks be to God, which always causes us to triumph. Kingdom people are not overcome with evil. But kingdom people overcome evil with good. Kingdom people are not overcome by life's circumstances. But kingdom people know the principles of the kingdom. And they know how the kingdom of God operates. And knowing how the kingdom of of God operates puts you in a preferred position to overcome. Now you may not overcome everything immediately. You may have to stand and stand and stand for the manifestation on some things. It's like the little boy, he had a problem with his knee and he was really hurting him so he had his daddy pray for him his dad prayed for him and he said lord we just thank you for the manifestation and then about 20 minutes later the little boy walked in and said oh my knee still hurts it still hurts what's going on his dad says well we're just thanking lord for the manifestation about 20 more minutes later the little boy came in and said still hurts he says when's that man from the station going to (laughs) come Some of you have been wondering when the man from the station is going to come. Jesus said, if you love me and keep my commandments, I will love you and I will manifest myself unto you. Overcoming does not happen immediately in a lot of situations. But we must have the mindset of the kingdom. The kingdom says that we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony. The kingdom says, the king says that whatsoever is born of God 
overcometh the world. And this is the victory. So this kingdom is a king of rulership. It's a kingdom of dominion. And Jesus said, and I will give unto you the keys of the kingdom. He didn't say, I'm giving to you the keys to the kingdom. Because if you have the keys to the Hilton, you might be able to get into the Hilton. But when you've got the keys of the Hilton, you can get into the fridge. You can get into the presidential suite. You can get into some of the goodies. So you and I have been given the keys of the kingdom. Glory to God. You've been given the name of Jesus. You've been given the blood of the lamb. And he says, whatever you bind. See, this is a kingdom of dominion. This is a kingdom of authority. Keys represent authority. He's authorized you in his name to reign as a king in life by one Jesus Christ. And I will give unto you the keys of the kingdom. And he said, whatever you bind on earth, son. Whatever you absolutely refuse or whatever you stop. Are there some things in our lives that need to be stopped? Rebellion in children needs to be stopped. He said, take your dominion, take your authority, and whatever you bind on earth, I'll back you up in heaven. In other words, God says, I got your back, son. I got your back, daughter. I'm your re-reward, and the glory of God is going to attend your way. Whatever you bind. Whatever you declare to be unlawful on the earth is what I will back you up in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth is loosed in heaven. Or whatever you permit on this earth, I'll back you up in heaven. See, we've been given keys. The keys of the kingdom. And when you and I become kingdom-minded and kingdom-focused, we will become very keenly aware of the weapons and the keys that He's given us to use. Look at Romans chapter 5, verse 17. Romans 5, verse 17. Now, we quoted this, but we're going to look at it. Romans 5, 17 says, For by one man's offense, death reigned by one, much more they which receive abundance of grace, and what? The gift of righteousness shall do what? They shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ. Now, you are either reigning in life or life is reigning on you. Now quickly, in closing, look at Luke chapter 4. Luke, the fourth chapter. The kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but it's righteousness, 
peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. How does one seek first the kingdom of God? One way that you seek first the kingdom of God is with your time. Another way that you seek first the kingdom of God is with your obedience. Another way that we seek first the kingdom of God is with our possessions. The Lord makes it very clear to us that we are to redeem the time. And I believe this with all of my heart. That if I will use my time for what's important to Him. If I will use my days for what He has on His agenda. He will redeem the time. Or let's put it this way. He will secure it to me. He will cause you and cause me to have our time redeemed when it's invested in the right place. Mm -mm -mm. All right. Luke chapter 4. You got to spare me some time. I didn't get it till late today. So Luke the fourth chapter. Verse 40 through 44. Now when the sun was setting, all they that had any sick with divers diseases brought unto them to him, and he laid his hands on every one of them and healed them. And devils came out of many, crying out, You are the Christ, the Son of God. And he rebuked them, Suffering them not to speak, for they knew that he was the Christ. And when it was day, he departed and went into a desert place. And the people sought him and came unto him and stayed him that he should not depart from them. And he said unto them, I must preach what? What did he preach? He preached the kingdom of God. Now, when the kingdom of God is preached, not just salvation from sins are preached. When the kingdom of God is preached, recovery of sight to the blind is preached. When the kingdom of God is preached, healing for your body is preached. When the kingdom of God is preached to those that are broken in heart, restoration and a healthy heart being restored is preached. When the kingdom of God is come nigh to you, healing comes nigh to you. Restoration comes nigh to you. Jesus was about his father's business, which was kingdom business. He said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because He has anointed me to preach the gospel. Which is the good news to those that are poor. You know what a good word to the poor are is? You don't have to be poor no more. You know what a good word to the bruised is? I've got healing for you today. That's good news. That's the gospel. And Jesus, before he left, he says, this gospel, 
it's going to be preached. It's going to be proclaimed. And I'm not going to water down the gospel. I'm not going to water it down to just one area. Look at Luke chapter 8 verse 1. And it came to pass afterward that he went throughout every city and village preaching and showing the good news of the kingdom of God. And the twelve were with him. Then in closing, look at Luke chapter 9 verse 1. Then he called his twelve disciples together. And he gave them power and authority over most devils. No, he gave them power, dunamis, and authorized them to cast out devils and to cure diseases. Verse 2, read it real strong with me. And he sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. Saints, look up here right now. I'm finished with my message. But right now, we're going to demonstrate His kingdom power. We are going to demonstrate His kingdom power in the area of salvation from sins. We are going to demonstrate His kingdom power in the arena of people being filled with the Spirit. And you know what else? We're going to demonstrate His kingdom power for those that are broken in heart to be healed by God's grace. The demonstration of His power is in this place today. The gospel has been preached. And the good news to you today is that he loves you. That not only did he die for your sins, but he bore your sicknesses and carried your diseases. So let's all stand up and just say, thank God. The kingdom of God has come nigh unto us this day. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Now every person within the sound of my voice that needs healing in their body, I want you to come up to the front right now.